0: Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week it's Draculina.
1: <sighs> oh, finally happened.
0: Boy, oh boy. As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. And one that has been many, many weeks in the making. My name is Tim Crisp, and I am with my friend David Anthony. Hello. Who has a lot of things to get off his chest.
1: Boy, do I. Um, Basically, for the duration of this podcast, I've been... Alluding to the song subtly and not so subtly because you'd never heard it. Never.
0: Which is the original premise of this podcast, which I think is
1: doesn't come up that often.
0: Both longtime fans of the Alkaline Trio. For me, I dropped off. Agony and Irony was the record that I heard. And I said, you know, I think it's time that we both lead different lives and in saying that it was not a oh i hate this band now sure sure it was i don't think that this band is for me anymore
1: yeah and that's
0: a natural thing to happen when you're a fan of a band right and yeah and like an ex partner do a little bit of how are they doing these days new record coming out let me skim the track listing sure draculina have fun boys yeah um fuck i don't know where to begin with this to be honest with you i do know where to begin i'd like to begin by thanking our patreon pledgers. yes over at patreon.com slash as you were our pleasures love us so much. Mm-hmm. And we love them in return. Very We much. love them so much that we give them the opportunity to select every few weeks what song we talk about mm-hmm. on this show as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio. And in this beautiful moment of mutual appreciation for each other, our pledgers on Patreon said we want to hear... David, be upset.
1: Yes, this is true. It's funny because I think in the early weeks of this show, you played the heel a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And...
0: Oh, Armageddon, that song sucks.
1: Yes. And it's very rare that I am the one who's just going off, right? But there have been examples. Uh Uh-huh. This will be the biggest example of
0: that because it's like... You were able to talk about the pieces. Yeah. But now here we are. This is the one that represents it all for you, is it not? It really is. Um I think and I said this to you in pre pro
1: part of the thing that makes talking about this song kind of difficult is that it's sandwiched it, it just leads into
0: more just awfulness. Which I can come and 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 uh chime in on that. Like Draculina into eating me alive into piss and vinegar. We've talked about those two songs. And in in the cold light of day, uh
1: <laughs> I think I've been too generous to those songs because what I'll say is this Agony and Irony came out I was trying to hold on, and I think in the moment, I liked that record a little more than most. I didn't love it, but in the intervening, what, 11, 12 years, however long it's been, um, that record's not aged particularly well. I still think there are really good songs on it, but it just sounds so like late 2000s alt-rock. And it just, I don't know, it's one of those records that I think in another 10 years is going to be like when you look back on the 80s and be like, oh, all the drums sound like shit. And just mm-hmm. like, it just sounds two of its time. And there's good stuff, but it's not really congealing. This addiction getting announced, I've talked about like, oh, it's the retor- Return to Form record, blah, 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 blah. And it's not really that. And I kind of always hate that because it's just
0: a marketing ploy. Yeah. You know, um we got nothing else to say.
1: Yeah. And but I will say, you know, this addiction being the lead single for Song on the Record, not too bad. Um I don't love it, but it's it's nothing offensive to me. This record really um has some very deep valleys, and this is maybe the worst run of songs this band ever wrote.
0: I think it's it's without question.
1: Like I have been generous to Eating Me Alive where I'm like, all right, at least this bridge is something, a different idea. Piss and Vinegar has semblances of something going on. But the problem with nearly all of Matt's songs on this record is, one, that he essentially just writes two parts and then tries to make them feel slightly different by how Derek's playing them or how his vocal melody changes, which is incredibly lazy to me. It's the definition of autopilot. Um, But also it's maybe the record where he's just not saying fucking anything at fucking all, Um, you know, compare this to agony and irony where he's like at least trying to write songs about something or my shame is true is like for as corny and just like, I'm a sad, you know, broken hearted guy. He's at least doing something. This record's fucking nothing.
0: Well, I think that what it is is. It's kind of the ultimate peak of this is this is goth guy Matt. Yeah, and and it's not even like compelling goth guy Matt. It's Spencer's at the shopping mall goth guy Matt. That's the thing is from as you pointed out, f- song title on down, it's like Draculina. Right, and we can trace it back to, you know, for people. Of my age, uh, Crimson was a real kind of... Yeah, dividing kinda, line. Right. And and I think there are a lot of people, um, you know, similar to me who drop off with the Alkaline Trio, and they'll point to a song like Sadie and be like, yeah, it just got bad when he started, you know, he writes a song about like Susan Atkins, like who cares? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that is a little corny, but... At the same time, I think he does do some valid explorations in there. And I think that there's enough good musical thought and ingenuity that goes into that song that gives it something that is it's a little bit more than just that reductive like, oh, it's just a song about a member of the Manson family. That's fucking dumb. I agree. Here we are with the complete void of all of those redeeming qualities from a few years ago. Into this, which I don't know what the fuck this is.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if they were to make a movie about Matt Skiba on the Blu ray deleted scenes, there would be the scene where he's lying in bed and he's drawing a picture, and you see him just kind of looking at it, and then you see him add a little something and smile and he just drew Dracula but put boobs on it. Like that's the totality of the inspiration for this song. Like that is fucking it. Um
0: yeah, I'm
1: I'm going to upset a lot of people with some of the things I'm going to say.
0: Let me just about stop this. for a second and, and and just go off of that point that I love so much. But who do you think is the best um in in the best version of of Dracula? Who do you think looks best with boobs? Isabella Lugosi? Is it Nosferatu? Mm. Is it Gary Oldham's Dracula? I'm gonna go Nosferatu because I like that juxtaposition mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, or like in Little Nicky when that kind yeah, of Nosferatu looking guy gets boobs on his, his head. head.
1: Yeah, maybe that's maybe he watched <laughs> Little old Nicky and then here we fucking are, which is an app. That comparison. would make a lot of sense, right? Holy <laughs> shit, does it ever? Wow. Oh, my God.
0: Um, This song could honestly be the soundtrack to the moment where you're supposed to feel something emotional in a piece of shit movie like Little Nicky. Yeah, totally, totally that. And it's just
1: I just really I would love to hear him talk about this song because it's like, dude, like, what were you going for? Please tell me, because you're not writing a hook. You're just saying the name of the song over and over and over again. You oh. use the You use the bridge and outro is the same thing because you didn't write more than two and a half parts for any of the songs on this record. Lyrically, this sounds like you walked into a hot topic and are just hitting on the cashier. Like, <laughs> my little Draculina. Like, come on, man. My Do lady. better. <laughs> Do fucking better haven't we earned it at this point also there are b-sides from this record i like that are dance songs and you instead decided to go draculina into eating me alive into piss and vinegar what are we doing like what are we doing here this is like this is not what you did when you lived in chicago 10 years ago you know this is not the type of thing you were writing you know you also like wrote songs that were weirder and made more interesting artistic choices. And this goes back to something we talked about in the last episode of like learning how to write a good song. And I think you really see Matt like, oh, well, you just need to do a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus and a bridge, and then you're out. And he just doesn't make any effort to deviate from that for the entirety of this record. Every song is just like pro tools, cut and paste performances throughout. Yeah, you know it's on a grid it's boring it's safe and though agony and irony wasn't good i wouldn't say it was safe there were at least decisions that were being made for the sake of some sort of artistic thing and i cannot say that about this this is all
0: yeah and it's really you know going back to sadie which in the track listing of of crimson it's one of the few songs that's on that record that is extremely well placed being in that seven slot kind of the the song that sort of picks things up a little bit as far as like the you know emotional uh explosion at the end of it and i think if you if the complaint with that
1: song is the subject matter right i think if you remove the vocals and look at just the way that song builds to that end there isn't an artistic bent to it. There is intention, there
0: is thought, and there is effort. This is, this is that without the effort. This yes. Is, this is meant to just seriously go into that exact same place and achieve the exact same thing, but it doesn't try at all. No,
1: I mean this is the definition of like we just need to make a fucking record. Yeah. And. W- I need to make, so- like, Skiba was getting divorced around this period of time. That's no secret. That demos record that he put out on Asian Man, my demos, was literally a cash grab. Mm-hmm. That has been owned up to. Dude needed fucking money. Full stop. And you listen to that and then listen to this addiction, and it's just dog shit almost top to bottom. You know, there's a song that opens the demos record that they were playing post Agony and Irony. Um, the working title of which was Fruit Please. Uh, and it was a great intro song. They were it's it was like a minute and a half long and it was kinda like, Oh, if they're going in this route, this feels like a nice extension of Crimson. It feels like They're trying to do something a little different. I remember seeing them play that as an opener to some shows, seeing that video circulate, and being like, okay, cool. It only ever got released on the demos thing with the shitty drum machine and it loses all of its Mm -hmm. And there's a lot from this addiction and that demos record where you listen to it and you're like, oh, there's good ideas that he's just not following because it's just easier to, well, that's what this song is. It has one good idea. That's good enough. And just is like you know, putting out songs called Angel of Death and Draculina and all this fucking bullshit that like what during this time was intensely difficult for me being an Alkaline Trio fan who had an Alkaline Trio tattoo and was like, I have to defend this. Right. You know, this isn't just a band. I like making a bad record. This is a band that meant fucking everything to me spitting in my face not trying just trying to get my money and that's fucking insulting
0: so when when this comes out when you hear this song for the first time bring me there (sighs) because there my reaction is obviously i don't even know if you and i had discussed like what song it is that you've been referring to? We've not. You didn't need to tell me. Yeah, you it knew. was certainly Draculina. Yeah, and it's it takes about ten seconds for me to just be like, "Oh come, for the, come the fuck on!" <sighs> Title notwithstanding, whatever happened to Wonderland and where'd Alice go? Get yes. me the fuck away from this shit. Yes. I mean, listen, not
1: only not only is you writing a song called Draculina. That's one thing. None of these lyrics have fucking anything to do with that. Why are we doing this? Like, did you just... Dude, my God, I'm an adult and you're writing me and Allison... Like, you're fucking older than me and you're writing this shit.
0: So, and you, and so when you hear it for the first time... I'm thinking that's a lily fart just I think it is. Um, um hers are worse than Chloe's. It's pretty brutal in here. Um, uh which is the, a small studio space that we've moved into appropriate which is really for nice the suffering we're going through. Um you, you, when you hear it are you I guess I'm interested in your first time hearing it and then I'm really interested in your second time hearing it knowing in the second time what's to come in the next two tracks i mean um
1: <clears throat> i will i will give you kind of a play-by-play and this is going to deviate from what we normally do here but this addiction's first half though spotty is not bad title track's pretty fine dead on the floor is pretty fine um you know there's a lot of stuff where i'm like i'm not having i'm not loving a lot but i'm not having aggressively negative reactions right yeah. There's a pretty decent dance song, and then and then we move into the back half, and I think the back half of this record is largely trash. There's one song I really like, um, but by and large, this is Matt just churning them the fuck out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, getting to this, like, from seeing the track list, I was like, mm, well, that's probably gonna be a song I do not like at all. And it hits, and I'm like, okay, this is the worst song on the record. And then "Eating Me Alive" starts, and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) And then "Piss and Vinegar" starts, and I'm like, what am I sitting through?
0: It's a popcorn fart. It's like the most like disassociated alkaline trio thing ever. And then it's an even worse popcorn fart
1: yeah it's just like i it's hard for me to talk about this song or eating me alive or or any of the songs in isolation because i think the experience of listening to this record and we've discussed a lot of the songs on the A side, like lead poisoning not the greatest song in the world but i i'm not gonna it's not gonna keep me up at
0: night yeah it's
1: not gonna ruin my fucking day right you know but the b side of this record is just so brutally banal Mm-hmm. It's just so lazy. It's just so fucking coloring in those pictures by numbers like it's everything I hate about music. Um it's everything I hate about like honestly about fandom. I'm going to go to a place here that's going to make me no friends
0: on this podcast because this band has a very you've, deep
1: loving fandom. You've earned
0: it. I think that and I'm saying that and I'm saying that with a relation to the people who listen to this and who know that this is this is someone who is only upset because you care
1: yeah yeah and it's like here's the thing is like i love nothing more than getting to follow a band for a long time and be rewarded and obviously it goes without saying that there's always going to be some dips that just is like i don't care who the band is or who the artist is if you're around for long enough there's going to come a time where maybe it doesn't work for me. But if I can look at it and respect the artistic ambition or be like, you're going to a place that's maybe not for me, but go with God. Mm -hmm. I support it. Like, you're never going to take away the love I had for what this was. This is not that. Like, there's all... It's just impossible for me to relate to someone who looks at a song like this or looks at the back half of the record and be like, "Oh, I really like it." It's mm-hmm. just and I I never want to be that guy who's like, "You're wrong or shit on your taste or whatever," but like quite genuinely, I don't know how you can listen to this and hold it in high esteem when there is so much other music of a million different styles that kind of highlights just how lazy this is. Right. And especially to, you know, this came out what, 2010? That's the middle of me, you know, being in college and seeing kind of that whole like emo revival thing of like bands putting out great, inspired, interesting records, um, and then this, yeah, or totally. like having it's, it's,
0: go... it, it's insane that you you know you look at you look at Philly in twenty ten yes. and those records coming out of the Lehigh Valley, Algernon Snowing. All of that shit, mm-hmm. which is just like so we recorded this for six hundred dollars with our friends and we're putting every ounce of feeling into this music. And that's the thing is, I think I was living through a period of time
1: where there was a lot of music locally and coming through in all genres where I was like, I am seeing that energy that I saw and God damn it or those early records, but in in a different way. I'm seeing that kind of vitality and that excitement about just wanting to fucking do it and seeing 200 kids cram into a basement to see Algernon play or whatever the fuck. And having to walk into that basement with an Alkaline Trio tattoo on my arm or go to a hardcore show with an Alkaline Trio tattoo on my arm, it's like I look like a fucking loser. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. Like that's just how it felt. It felt really embarrassing to be like because even up through agony and irony, like I would defend them, but this was indefensible. This was being like everything you meant to me, everything that like I gave a fuck about, everything you represented. Was it all just a facade? That's what this song represents.
0: Is not just like oh, it's a bad song, but it felt like a real
1: betrayal to me.
0: It's a, it's the most difficult thing to wrestle with when you when you see someone doing something that brings you to that place where you legitimately have to go back and wonder to yourself was this ever real yeah and it's like i'm not
1: owed anything fans are never owed anything by a band right but i do think at the same time bands aren't owed my fandom you aren't owed my money you aren't owed my allegiance Mm -hmm. you know I gave it to you because you gave me so much. Well, I and I'll, I can revoke that if I so choose.
0: I mean, it's hard not to take it personally too when this is a record that is presented to you as a return to form. This is this is supposed to be the thing that like is is meant for the people who have been following it since it was in Chicago with Matt yep. Allison. Yep. And this is the most directly you know this music is made so directly to not that person yes like i would say in defense of someone who likes this song i could see hearing it when i was in my teen teenage years and having a connection to it sure growing out of it But also having a soft spot, because this is a song that, by design, these chord changes are those that evoke feeling. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the fucking, like, Arcade Fire. They do the same exact thing. No, totally, totally. They just make it bigger. And this is, it's meant to evoke a feeling. You get it. And when I listened to it for the first time, it was like, I know that minor, but there's just nothing behind it. Well, it's just like, I think this is the type of song we can discuss in terms of like
1: campiness, right? Like, yeah, you can do that and it can work. But when you don't, it just looks really bad. And when you're like, oh, well, I'm being campy, I'm being playful, I'm being joking. Like, that's a defense mechanism, you know? I get to decide that, not you. When mm-hmm. you're an artist, that's just how that works. Yeah. And that's a conversation I think you and I have had on this podcast a little bit and on better yet, in terms of like artists really getting out of the narrative of like, this record is an empowering anthem about blah, 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 blah. It's like, that's great if that's what it means to you, but
0: I get to be the judge of that. Mm-hmm. That's how art works, you know? Yeah. The emotional content is. For the person experiencing it, you can tell me about the form. Don't tell me that this is here to make me feel a thing about a thing.
1: Because if I don't feel it, that means you're not expressing it or not evoking it. But right. anyway, to this point, like, if you want to defend the song, God bless you. If this song means something to you, great. I'm not trying to take away from that. But like, you kind of are. But, but fuck them. Uh, <laughs> uh he doesn't mean it. I, no, I I've gotten more the the past week i've been having a fun time kind of playing the heel yeah um with certain artists right well
0: i mean it, it's there is there is no way that i come out of major surgery not being the baby face of this show now because <laughs> no, totally. everybody everybody's like oh my god like he might be a pain in the ass and he might stutter sometimes but I we've turned, so, yeah. <laughs> we've turned a corner. Yeah. We've turned a corner. It's a total role reversal. This is, this is Austin versus Brett at WrestleMania 13. Holy
1: <laughs> shit. Good analogy. <laughs> um,
0: uh, but anyway, yeah. Like the whole point
1: that I'm getting to is like, I don't feel owed anything by this band, but I, to, to give you more perspective, like I remember seeing them tour after agony and irony. So this was the tour they did. I believe it was with saves the day in like 2009. And oh, yeah, but, that hurts. but Alkaline Trio was on fire during that run. They were playing really different set lists. They weren't just like on autopilot, autopilot closing with radio every night. They were like bringing out deep cuts, bringing in a lot of Good Morning material. And I was like, okay, like it seems like they are now, you know, seeing them play songs from Good Morning that were like B-side dance songs where I was like, I've not really seen this. I feel like they're moving in a direction. They seem inspired and then seeing them on the, this addiction tour and it's like you're not moving you don't fucking care pure autopilot not engaging with the crowd don't give a shit like it's just everything
0: about that time is is just my least favorite time of being a fan of this band it yeah that sort of shit is it's it's mind boggling when you see when you see the capability there and then what you're given is the exact opposite of turning a corner of realizing a thing or of making something new it's no this is just this is just an even worse version of the worst thing you've done and
1: seeing other bands from that time period continually making good material or bands you know uh, not even similar bands but bands that have been around for a long time that i cared about continually making stuff and, and putting on shows that i felt were
0: important i mean you know do we I want to bring up brand new, but I don't want to. We should. I think it's. It is what it is. That oh, so brand new. Separating art from artists, I know that that's a whole other discussion that, you know, that is to be had. But you look at what that band did at a time when they, they come out and they absolutely catch that wave of you know the bands that come after the vagrant bands the victory records bands they make a couple you know pop punk records that just they hit all of the right feel spots for that time period and then they don't immediately make a record that follows up with what they were doing and they I, wait a little bit of time and then they make something so dense like devil and god and, and i'm going to come out and say it like d-
1: despite anyone's feelings of that band like that was a perfect record it is one of the most influential records we've probably seen and, and that's going to get erased because of obvious reasons yeah but that record had a massive mark and was proof of how you can do that type of growth right Make the major label jump and make something that has nine minute
0: songs that are and harrowing. And, and all and do it in I think a a musical form that if there's criticisms on it, it's that the bands don't grow out of it. Yep. yep. And and they did. And yeah. they did it despite knowing that it wasn't going to connect. Yeah. They took a bold risk. And this is so directly the opposite of it this feels to me you know we talk about how it's mall goth and all of that but you were told as somebody who has been following this band for over 10 years that this is a record that is made for you and it's actually it seems to just be a really lazy attempt to catch on with a wave of something that's already dying. Yeah, and I mean if we want to really explore
1: the moment that this was being this was coming out like they were about to get usurped by bands like the Menzingers. There were bands coming up behind them that I think they were wholly unaware of that were doing something slightly different with this pop punk thing and resonating for different reasons. And and however mm-hmm. you feel about bands like that, whatever, th- this just felt like, all right, you could really, you know, they're coming for the king. You know, you cannot falter right now. You cannot leave yourself open to become this sad nostalgia act, and that's what I felt I was seeing. So to talk about a band I talk about a lot, whose body of work I really celebrate is Converge. Like they put out Jane Doe in 2001. It's a massive influence, but the three records after are all different, all incredible. And Acts to Fall, which came out in 2009, I rank as one of their best. Yeah. And they take. Some really fucking bold risks on it, writing these six, seven minute long songs that are like piano ballads and weird shit. And it's like, that's amazing to me. That's what I want to see you do, where it's like, maybe you never play those songs live, but you've still got a perspective and you're still trying. And you've been a band longer than the Alkaline Trio. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I want to see. I, you know, I wanted to see a brand new type move. I wanted to see these bands, you know, even if we're talking about the Lawrence Arms in that era. You know, post Old Calcutta, they put out that "Butt Sweat and Tears EP, which despite the title has a lot of material that's doing different stuff. Those Definitely. songs are good. They're so good. You know, Chris Chris's Sundauer, Sundowner records from that era, I think, are pretty underrated. I think he's doing some really great songwriting at that time. And it's just like to get this when all your peers, all these bands from all these different scenes that maybe you've influenced or maybe you've touched on or maybe you're on the same label on are just fucking putting you to shame with all these new bands and all these different worlds are coming out like it just felt like all right you just are doing this because you need a paycheck and you have to make the record and you want the epitaph deal so you're here we fucking are
0: very very removed from a reality here and you look at not only the Lawrence arms making the records that they were doing and also you know bringing in the fucking falcon record yep yep but the menzingers were a Red Scare band, the Menzingers, yes. I heard of from Brandon Kelly's blog. They were paying attention to such an extent that the Menzingers come up and they're hot and the Lawrence Arms are f- waving that flag, partially yeah. because I think that they knew that O Calcutta was such a huge influence yes. on that scene. But they really did a wonderful job of cultivating it and bringing these new bands into a spotlight letting those bands take off with it and also still making progressive music and doing new and different things i think brendan's like you know first falcon stuff is just such an excellent exploration of what he was doing on Old calcutta it was fun yep and chris doing those sundowner records and then doing a fucking tour where it's all All of them yeah that was so sick uh, I, and, and that's what has always blown my mind, is that you have two people like Matt and Dan, and there's never just been a full, like, why not do Speaker Box and the Love Below, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alkaline Trio style? Why not go the direction of those solo releases? Yes. You just got this instead. Yep. I wish to dwell. I long to be. Dog. That's not good.
1: No, no. Um, yeah, I feel like I've made no friends doing this episode here. Uh, yeah, I I do not like the song. I do not like this record. If you like it, I am sorry. I apologize for shooting out a thing you love. I never want to be that guy. But good Lord, this is this was a very difficult time for me as a person.
0: What do you rate it? Zero. I'll give it a one. Well, I'm glad that you were able to release so much tension. It was nice to work through this. I feel much lighter today. I feel like I made a difference because I was here for you. Yeah. Don't you ever forget it. (sighs) I won't. And we are really only here because we like it. <laughs> that too. Um honestly, this is uh, this is a fun thing that we get to do, whether we are upset or having the time of our lives in terms of what we're talking about. It's the talking that we enjoy and we really enjoy having people out here who are participating in the conversation. Good and bad. We are all in this together and we're really happy that you're coming back to enjoy it. We encourage you to tell a friend about it. And I think that this is a perfect opportunity to invite you to go on over to patreon.com slash as you were. And it's a great opportunity, not because it's at the end of the episode where I plug our Patreon, but also if you want to make David more upset you have you the, the opportunity yeah, you, you can vote and your voice matters and we encourage you to go over there and check out the different tiers of pledging that we have over on patreon patreon.com slash as you were just a monthly pledge to keep the lights on in here we have an energy efficient light bulb in this new place i'm telling you i'm moving on up in the world I'm happy about it. It has been uh, a great joy to do this and to do this every week and to watch it grow and have so many of you checking in. Hit us up on Twitter at As You Were Pod. We welcome all takes, good and bad. Email is asyourpodcast at gmail.com. We thank you so much for joining and we encourage you to come back next week. Thanks, guys.
1: Jacqueline up